The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Sunday, April 2nd. I am Chris Crawford. I am joined today by my friend and my colleague, Ryan Boyer. Ryan, how was your first weekend of real baseball, my friend? Lovely. I love having real baseball back. Yeah, I mean, just checking, annoying my family, like ignoring them and checking box (laughs) scores on my phone. Um, Yeah. It's good to to get back in that that mode. Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's... It's been exciting. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun first weekend and it has been well, it's been kind of fun. I'll be honest, my my Seattle Mariners not being able to hit the dang baseball off of aces like Aaron Savali has been a little bit frustrating, but uh you know, it's better to uh it's better to hate than to feel nothing at all and that's certainly what <laughs> Real baseball can do to us for sure. So we're going to go over some headlines. We're also going to look at some guys who impressed on Saturday and who did not impress on Saturday. And then we're also going to look at some fab targets and give you kind of our general philosophy for for using fab. I know that's a big thing that's going on. It's uh, I think we can probably admit that sometimes we tend to overuse it in the early part of the season. So we'll give you some targets that you could be looking at and whether or not maybe you should. But let's start with some bummer news. Speaking of those Seattle Mariners, Ryan, Robbie Ray, after a very disappointing outing, we kind of know why, at least partially why it was disappointing. Robbie Ray has a grade one flexor strain. Looks like he's going to miss at least a month. It's probably going to be more. My biggest concern with flexor strains is if you've paid any attention to the history of baseball, they kind of tend to become something else. And it often leads to something that is a very, very long-term scenario. It sucks. It it really stinks for Robbie Ray, who looked fantastic this spring, as good as I've seen him throw. Uh, And that's uh, a high compliment for a guy who won the Cy Young Award two years ago. So I'll just ask you, Ryan, number one, you can just say this is a bad thing for fantasy managers who drafted him. But... If you're playing in a league where you've only got a couple of IL spots, or maybe you only have one, is Robbie Ray somebody that you can consider dropping right now? I would have to be in a really dire situation, I think. Um, I mean, they're calling it like a very low-grade strain. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's not uncommon for 
teams to kind of uh, sure, you know, yeah, provide the most rosy, paint the most rosy picture they can. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, I think on, I think it was MLB.com, the Greg Johns, I believe, is the beat writer on MLB.com uh, for the Mariners. Daniel said, Kramer now. Daniel Kramer, Daniel Kramer now, okay. Yeah. Um, said four to six weeks would be the best guess. Yeah, so conservatively, probably a month. And as yeah. you mentioned, the uh, flexor bone is connected to the ligament bone <laughs> or whatever you want to say. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, it can lead to Tommy John. Um, but, you know, it, it, it can also heal after some rest in a sure. best case scenario. So, uh, you know, a league with no IL spots um, – that's super shallow, I guess would maybe be the only scenario where I would consider it. Um, right. But I, I'd have to be in a pretty dire situation to cut Robbie Ray loose, especially as, as you mentioned, as good as he looked in spring training, he looked like a, looked like the Cy Young version of Robbie Ray. Absolutely. I would just to caution though, I would be looking to make additions and like significant additions. If you uh, drafted him to be your SP two, which I think is most people, um, because I think the Mariners are going to be really cautious with this because they do have some starting pitching depth. We'll talk about a guy in the fab section. That is an excellent uh, job of foreshadowing by your boy, Chris Crawford here. Um, But they are, I think going to play things very slowly with him because of the depth that they have in the starting rotation. I would guess on something closer to the middle of June than the end of May or even the start of May, but I hope I'm wrong because I think Ray looked yeah. so good in the spring and man, he hit the, the strength of that team as a fan of the Mariners is that rotation. And now you have uh, severely weakened that strength. Uh, Trace Thompson, Brian, three home runs on Saturday, eight RBI was not actually scheduled to play. And Dave Roberts jokingly said that there's a new three three homer rule for the lineup. So he gets to get into the lineup on on Sunday. Pretty darn impressive. Had a pretty solid spring. And he showed some flashes last year. Where are you on Trace Thompson for the rest of 2023? Yeah, uno dos Trace, huh? Hey. The, hey. 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 Um, I mean, he, he's a guy who's always like had like he's always been a super good athlete, mm-hmm. uh, but more athlete than baseball player. I think that's probably still the case. He was very productive with the Dodgers last year, but he also struck out a ton. That's kind of his mo, and he had actually reverse reverse splits. Um, so but the plan this year is for him to play primarily against lefties. So right didn't really doesn't really jibe with what he did last year, but uh, I think how, how many of his, I know he took the grand slam was off Bumgarner. I'm not and the third home run was off a righty. I can't, I can't remember this. I think the second two were both off righties, but yes. Yeah. Um, he's a guy who can be, I think somewhat useful in deeper formats. Um, I think he's got legitimate power. Um, He's got a little, little bit of speed. Maybe he's a guy who can take advantage of these. I mean, the stolen bases have been just crazy in these first, these first few days, as we suspected they might be. Um, but uh, the Do- knowing the Dodgers, I know you mentioned that he's playing today, 
right. the three homer rule that Dave <laughs> Roberts instituted. I still think the Dodgers are going to be realistic about it and stick to their plan to only play him primarily against uh, lefties, uh, use, using Outman and center against righties. So, you know, deeper league, I think he's fine, but I, I think it's just a really good night for him. And yeah, good for Clay's brother. So, yeah, good for Clay's brother indeed. Although he went to Washington State, and as a Husky fan, I have always had a little bit of <laughs> hatred. Hatred isn't the right word, but disdain, I guess, is the right way to put it. There you go. Yeah, I think he had it. Uh, Drew and I talked about James Outman. We've both been really impressed with what he's done as well, and I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. We'll get into it in a second, though, how maybe both of those guys could be in the lineup going forward. But real quick, I want to talk about another guy who had a monster game in Adam Duvall. And, man, I feel bad for Ryan McKinnon. For those who missed oh, it, yeah. drops a ball with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, which creates a scenario for Duvall to hit a walk-off homer. But it wasn't just a walk-off homer. He homered again, and he also had a triple in this game. Duvall has always been somebody that I've been more intrigued by than somebody that I really want on my fantasy roster. But he has a pretty clear... Uh, path here to be someone who could be fantasy relevant. How much are you buying into Duvall? I kind of like him as a, I mean, I'm not going to want to use him in a three outfielder league, I don't think, but mm -hmm. he's, I mean, I know drafts are over now, but like he's a guy who at that point in your draft, there's not many guys who have the potential to 30 home runs. And if he stays healthy, I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to get there. I mean, his his swing is pretty much tailor-made for Fenway Park. That's a great he, point. He pulls a ton of fly balls. I know the walk-off home run was kind of a line drive that just barely cleared the green monster. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's going to be a full-time center fielder for the first time in his career at, like, 34 years old, which is kind of weird. But yeah, he's always been a good corner defender, like, and – has kind of dabbled in center field. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I mean, their other option, I guess, would be to put Enrique Hernandez back there. Jaron yeah. Duran, I think they're they might be viewing him as more of a corner infield, corner outfielder at this point. His defense in right. center field is really bad. It's bad uh, probably probably worse than Duvall's would be. Yeah. Uh, so you know. If Alberto Mondesi comes back and maybe they work him in at short, they could put Hernandez back at center. But no, I think Duvall's got a pretty clear path to playing time. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to probably reach 30 home runs. He's, he might hit 220, but yes. he's going to give you those bombs. Yeah, just be prepared to take some hit on the average, and there'll be some weeks where you're really frustrated that you have him in because if the ball doesn't go over the fence, he's not helping you a whole heck of a lot. Uh, we have a trio of third base injuries to talk about. And let's start with uh, Luis Urias, who is being play was placed on the injured list, going to miss six to eight weeks. I think this one's pretty simple, Ryan, but like this is a player to me that is pretty easily droppable I, he was kind of on the borderline for the rosterable i don't know if rosterable is actually a word but we're gonna pretend it is today uh, it, you can probably cut bait with Urias, right yeah i mean if you don't have room on your eye with your il spots i think you can it's that's that's fine um mm -hmm. as you mentioned he's pretty borderline as far as being rosterable goes. Yeah, when I when I type in rosterable on 
when I'm doing an article, it always flags it. But you know, for, <laughs> for the purposes of fantasy, hey, I need to add it to the. We need to add it to the lexicon. Amen. Anyway, um, yeah. So Urias, you know, has shown flashes, but I think he's probably droppable if you don't have the the IL space. If you play in a league with no IL spots, they're going to put. Um, Brian Anderson back at back, back at third base now seems to be the plan. Joey Weimer has been called up. We'll uh, touch on him a little more later, nice. but nice foreshadowing. Yeah, there. yeah, more foreshadowing. Where that's what we do here. <laughs> that's what we do here. Yeah, I mean, look, I was a big fan of this dude as a prospect. I thought he was a guy who showed a seventy plus hit tool. He's kind of become. He's turned into a different player than he was way as, as a different player. Yeah, yeah. this is this. We kind of talked about like the Taylor Ward thing being a way different thing. It's it's a similar thing, but a little mm-hmm. bit different in that he's more power over hit now, which is just crazy. Oh, by the way, another injury that I did want to talk about real quick, and we'll just go through this uh, quickly because there's not a whole heck of a lot to talk about anymore, but disappointing. Uh, Matt uh, Madison Bumgarner sent back to Arizona to have his left arm checked out. He said he was dealing with forearm fatigue. Hmm. Uh-oh. Um, here's the thing with Madison Bumgarner, all due respect, great career. He shouldn't have been on your fantasy roster to begin with. He's just sure. not a player to, but something to keep an eye on going forward. It also could open up some spots in that Arizona rotation for some interesting young arms. Brandon so, yeah, Hello. Brandon, yeah, that is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Very, very talented young man. Uh, and they've got some other, like Dre Jameson, I thought actually looked pretty good. Uh, when he got his chance as well. He's somebody that I just actually drafted in a uh, prospect mock draft with my buddy, Chris Welsh. Definitely an arm that I like. Um but it's definitely it's unfortunately it's not about Bumgarner. It's something to keep an eye on with the other arms that could be replacing him. Boy, that's disappointing to say because I mean we were looking at Bumgarner as a potential Hall of Famer. I think there's yeah. there's no way that's happening now. Uh, as good as he was in the postseason, there's just no way. And unfortunately, I think he's just become a guy that is eating out a contract for the rest of his career. Um, Maybe, maybe, yeah. the, maybe the rodeo stuff works out for him and I hope, <laughs> I hope he has a great life, but man, oh man, is he, uh, somebody that I think we can look back on and say, huh, that's what happens when you're used a whole heck of a yeah, lot. Yeah. I was going to say that arm, the arm has shouldered, shouldered a lot at a young age. For sure. He's still not that old, but like his, he's just got so much mileage on that arm. It's just, yeah. I mean, he's not going to come back from that. Yeah. Uh, and then just a couple of quick injuries before we get into uh, some other fun stuff. Uh, Anthony Rendon uh, ran into, I believe the tarp is what happened, and it hurt his knee. Uh, he's out of the lineup, I believe, today. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on anyway, because Drew and I went over this yesterday. I think Rendon's getting suspended. I do think that. I was going to uh, say, he ran He ran into something else recently, yeah. too. He did run into something. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> of a confrontation. Yeah, a little bit of a confrontation. And look, I, I, we'll go over it again, even though Drew and I talked about it. Just people stop being a-holes. Like, don't don't cause this stuff. And then if you're a Major League Baseball player, don't flip and grab, grab a fan. Like, uh, unless yeah. your life is being threatened. And who knows what else is going on in that video? Maybe there was a uh, that guy was holding up a knife and saying, "This is you, Rendon," and we just didn't get it. I don't think that's the case. But 
Yeah. I nobody nobody that. looked nobody was the winner in that situation. They all uh, except for know. maybe Shohei Otani walking in the background because he's <laughs> yeah. can do no wrong. Yeah, there's there's nothing that dude can do wrong. That's a hundred percent it. Um, but that is a situation to keep an eye on because uh one, a suspension probably coming in two, because of Rendon's injury history, you just you gotta pay close attention. You would be anyway, probably. And then also Max Mundesi also missing a game today. He's currently being evaluated. He was hit in an area that is not fun to be hit in. No area is fun to be hit in, but okay. Some areas less fun than others. Uh, something to keep an eye on because uh, that's what honestly could open up playing time for both Thompson and and Outman in the lineup. Because if you yeah. move uh, Chris Taylor to third base, Mookie Betts is playing second base today, which is interesting to see. That's uh, nice to see for potential. Chip, I was going to say chip away at that game's played total. Get get some eligibility there, Mook. We love to see it, folks. But yeah, definitely things you want to keep an eye on. Uh, it, we always have these injury concerns in the early part of the year, but they're never fun. Um, but I I really wonder, like with Rendon, if it's going to be the the question for me with Rendon is how long he's suspended and not if he is suspended because. After the malice in the palace, Ryan, I think that baseball is everybody is going to be paying an awful lot of attention to the fallback of what would happen if you don't suspend somebody who's grabbing somebody in that situation. Uh, we're going to go into some players that really impressed on Saturday and some players who really did not impress on Saturday, including a team and also our fab targets. But we're going to take a quick commercial break first. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with Vivid Seats and score tickets to all of the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seat Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit towards the 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Here's a pro reward tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, Split the bill and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind O plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has the great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's look at something that we're going to probably be doing through this uh, very long and enjoyable 2023 season, Ryan. Let's look at three up from Saturday and three down, and let's start positive since we started on a negative note with the Robbie Ray news. Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes had a, uh, as good as Adam Duvall was, Austin Hayes was just as good. Uh, came within a triple of hitting for the cycle, went five for five. Uh, two doubles. He probably could have tried for that cycle, but I don't blame him for not <laughs> attempting that. Um, cycle is one of those weird achievements where it's like, yeah, but the if you hit two homers, it's better than hitting it for it, it can get sure. weird to me, but it's a it's a cool thing, but comes up just a little bit short. But looked really good this spring, Ryan, and off to a li- nice start, obviously, with that big game. Uh, where do you sit on Austin Hayes for 2023? He's more of a five outfielder league guy for me, I think. That's fair. Um, it's just it's hard with that the new dimensions at Camden Yards, man. Those, those right-handed batters, like yeah, like you can't expect a ton in the power department. And Austin Hayes doesn't really bring a ton else. Um, I mean, he can run a little bit. Uh, he's not a complete drain in batting average. Counting stats might be decent. You know, he's going to, he's a guy that um, if you're in a league, a deeper league where the most, maybe the most important thing uh, up high in the list is assurance of playing time and volume. Right. He's a guy to roster, I think, but I don't think there's a ton of upside there. I would probably still leave him on the waiver wire in three outfielder leagues. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one. I, I think he's somebody who, to me, is probably closer to a fourth outfielder. So, you know, somebody to roster, but maybe have on your bench. Certainly a nice thing to have uh, as, you know, insurance, because goodness knows we just went over it. There are going to be injuries. He was pretty bad last year. Like he ranked in near the bottom third in a bunch of categories that you're looking for. 
He's also not a great defensive player, um, which, you know, he, and here's the thing too, is he's going to get a lot of playing time now, but if he gets off to a poor start, there are guys like Colton Kowser and some other options. Orioles got a lot of guys coming. They do, man. There is a lot of young stuff uh, that is really impressive in that Baltimore group. By the way, interesting to see uh, another injury that I probably should have talked about. Jorge Mateo uh, got a scratch on his finger, is out. He was throwing before the game, so it kind of sounds like this was more precautionary and he might have had the day off anyway. But yeah. Gunnar Henderson playing shortstop, we like to see that because we would love to have Gunnar Henderson eligible at both positions again in 2024. Um, but it's, that's a group that is just going to, there's there, if, if Colton Kowser is ready, unless Austin Hayes is crushing the baseball, they're not going to keep Austin Hayes from doing that. You know what I mean? This is, he's a very important part of their roster. So I like Hayes. It wouldn't shock me if he was playing for a different team in June or July. So, and that could be a good thing for him. That could lead to more playing time, but. I'm I'm closer to fourth outfielder in fantasy with him as yeah. well. Speaking of fourth, Justin Steele to me is the definition of a fourth starter, but had a very <laughs> nice game uh, in on hit on Saturday, six shutout innings against the Brewers. I got to be honest with you, Ryan, the Brewers might be a team that I'm streaming. I am not impressed with that lineup. And it, uh, we'll talk about somebody who did get a call up that I'm a bit of a fan of. But, like, is Justin Steele a streamer, or is he somebody that you're actually considering as one of your, assuming you play with nine pitchers? Is he somebody who's going to be in your lineup? Yeah, I think he he follows more under the, under the streaming category. Um, or, you know, if he's in the middle of a hot stretch, he, he can probably play him against some mediocre to better lineups. Interesting to follow with him is how how that slider usage mm-hmm. uh he used it more than 50 percent of the time in his first start of the season it graded out as a really good pitch for him last year when he used it only like 30 percent of the time right so if he goes slider heavy and is able to pile up more whiffs with that pitch then that could potentially push him to another level um his control is terrible though. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. So that's, you know, I don't know if that's going to be, he's going to have to throw that slider for strikes too. If he's going to up that usage in addition to getting people to chase out of the zone. So I don't know if he has the, the ingredients to, to be kind of a set it and forget it type starter, but mm-hmm. he's interesting. Like when he's on, he looks, he can look really good, but, I don't know if the consistency is ever going to be there. Um, so yeah, it's. I'm with you. I think I think streaming against an offense like the Brewers, which doesn't look that great, and nope. especially in a on a cold day at Wrigley Field, that's a, yeah, that's a, good a, point. <laughs> a recipe prime for a some streaming action. Uh, yeah, this also reminds me that we don't have any information, but Devin Williams took a comebacker to basically right in his elbow. Sounds like he's day-to-day. Just something to keep an eye on as well because Devin Williams, obviously one of the best relief pitchers in baseball and locked into that closer role. But definitely something that the Brewers will be careful with in the early part of the season. 
should be more information coming probably right after this records because that's just how things work. Spencer Strider, man, uh, <laughs> there's not, I mean, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, Ryan. Like how, okay, let me ask you this. If you have a draft of the top seven starting pitchers in baseball, is Spencer Strider's name being called? Uh, are we talking fantasy purpose? Fantasy pure purpose. fantasy? Yeah, pure fantasy. Um, he, no, he's still on the outside of that for me. Okay. Um, it's purely because of workload. Mm. I, I just don't know if it's going to be there with in comparison to the other options to fit on that top seven. Um, I mean, he proved last year that he can still get a ton of strikeouts without that workload. Just a historically awesome season. I also still worry a little bit about the fact that he only throws two pitches. I mean, it's possible he can continue to make that work, but mm-hmm. he's going to have to be uh, – he, he can't afford any any drop in quality of stuff at all to, to continue to make it work at the level he's, he's making it work. Uh, I mean, he it, it's within the realm of possibility that he's the number one fantasy starter this season. There's no question, I think. But mm-hmm. just as far as, you know – safety goes he's a little outside that that range for me what do you think yeah i'm probably saying the same but i would say not far outside like top 10 for sure because like this guy's swing and miss stuff again you make a great point that it's only the two pitches it's so palpable and it's beyond palpable like you you saw the numbers that he put up last year and it is worth pointing out that he faced an absolute garbage lineup yesterday in the Washington Nationals, but six innings, three hits, nine strikeouts did have the three walks. And that might be part of it too. Like not the greatest command yeah. is willing to, uh, he's kind of like, uh, it's funny to say this a couple of years ago, the Ian Anderson package where he isn't afraid of the walk because he knows he can make that quality pitch to get out of that inning. Um, there's some Dylan cease to it a little bit, I guess too. I guess my one thing with Strider right now, sorry, is like how much uh, with these kind of these injuries, Max Freed going on the injured list to be determined when that'll happen. Like they maybe have to rely on Strider more than they thought they had to. Like there is still some depth and there's guys like Mike Soroka and Ian Anderson and some other arms that are intriguing there. But he's pretty clearly the ace of that staff while Freed is away. And this division is tough. That is a mm-hmm. tough, tough division. Maybe Strider has to be relied on a little bit more. Now, that can be dangerous, and goodness knows we know yeah, that. Atlanta. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. We, yeah. It's hard, to, hard it, to say. It's very hard to say. So that that long-term, too, there could be some ramifications there. But, man, was he impressive. He uh, wasn't I, impressive. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I chuckled a little there because when you brought up Dylan Cease because I was going to ask the much more important question – do you oh, take Strider's mustache, mustache or Cease's oh, mustache? I'll, I'll, I'll go Strider. It, it's right. it's just a little bit more complete to me. Uh, Cease's is good. I would agree, but but I but I it's it's this is not this is not a 
uh, an ad read for the new Super Bar- Mario Brothers <laughs> movie, by the way. I just saw somebody who uh, <laughs> had a very funny tweet that some critics are complaining about depth in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And that just <laughs> made me laugh so hard. Uh, those guys were good. You know who wasn't very good? Chris Sale. Uh, three innings, yeah. seven runs, three homers. Now, I did have six strikeouts, two walks. Uh, this was not great. And look, it was just one start. But how concerned are you after that one start? Because uh, it, look, Baltimore has an interesting lineup for sure. But this was not good, Ryan. This was not good whatsoever. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Um, like you mentioned, he did get the strikeouts. He also had like 13 swinging strikes. Um, nice to see. I, I, yeah, like the in that called strikes plus whiffs rate from yesterday's games. I saw he ranked like eighth or something like that among starters, which is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. The velocity was fine. Um, he sat like a little over 94, maxed out a little over 97. So, you know, it was really bad. The line was really bad. There's no getting around that. And I wouldn't blame you if you – given what's gone on the last couple of years, you're not giving Chris sale the benefit of the doubt at this point. Fair. But as we talked about you and I, a couple podcasts ago, I'm, I'm very much in on the Chris sale bandwagon bounce back bandwagon this year. So I, I don't know. I think as long as he stays healthy, you know, knock on, I got a glass table here, but you know, uh, I think he's going to be fine as long as he stays off the IL. Yeah, I just think that this is an example, though, of there can be some blowout starts with this guy. Like, if you're expecting him to be a set it and forget it one or two, I'm not so sure. I I will say that that is my... I don't think he's in danger of falling into the Bumgarner territory yet, though. He is not in the Bumgarner character. He might be in terms of uh, his... uh, Cheerish demeanor, very uh, Madison surly disposition. He was not very happy. He said it was the most embarrassed that he's ever been on the mound. I joke that it's certainly not the most embarrassed he should be in the clubhouse. Um, but there's no question about the fact that the swing and miss stuff was still there. His command was just wretched, and it's yeah. early. So yeah, I'm still holding on to Chris Sale, obviously, but I can't be too concerned, even though there's no doubt about it. He was not particularly impressive in that outing the Phillies pitching was also not impressive and I think this is a real worry for them and if there's the opposite of streaming like I might want my hitters facing off against Philadelphia pitchers right now Ryan (laughs) yeah I mean they had both Nola and Wheeler just kind of got I haven't seen what's gone on today is is their game started yet I haven't haven't no they're the late night game today it's the, the Sunday night game yeah well, they need a they need a little time to lick their wounds, so that's might be a good thing that they have the late game tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see this from Aaron Nola at times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who can deliver these kinds of starts, and then he'll reel off like ten in a row where he just looks amazing. Sure, um, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about Wheeler either. He's his velo was fine. He looked good in the in the spring. Um, I'm not really worried about anyone in particular on the Phillies pitching staff. I will say though that it was 
pretty discouraging to see Sir Anthony Dominguez just get hammered. <laughs> yeah. Um, he didn't re- record an out, um, gave up six runs. I think maybe three or four of them earned, but yeah. You know, especially for those who are hoping, I think most of us think that Craig Kimbrell's probably at the top of that heap for saves initially. Um, but Sir Anthony Dominguez is, I think, pretty unquestionably the best arm in that bullpen. So if you're hundred percent agree, if you're wanting him to quickly usurp Kimbrell, that's not a good start. Although I will mention Kimbrell was also bad, just not as bad. Correct. Um, so. That was a little discouraging, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's one game. I believe it was his first appearance, so not a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a big fan of Sir Anthony Dominguez. Mentioned him as my one of my sleepers during our save category uh, conversation. Wasn't great, but again, like you said, Kimber wasn't. It's mostly that there's some beatable arms in that bullpen, Ryan, and it's really going to be a case of like, how aggressive will they be and whether or not they're like willing to make a deal because like there were a bunch of guys, the best pitcher in that game was Josh Harrison. <laughs> and that's not, that's not being uh, cute. Josh Harrison was the most successful pitcher in that baseball game, but it's definitely something at least, but you, like you said, good for the Texas lineup too, by the way, real quick, Mitch Garver, real nice game as well. Is Mitch Garver at least worth some roster consideration? Well, yeah, I think he is. I So I took him in TGFBI um, nice. with knowing that he's not yet catcher eligible because of last year he was, you know, had more games at DH and didn't play enough to grab catcher eligibility. But I, he was a guy I liked, especially in deeper leagues like TGFBI, mm-hmm. taking a stab on and then – filling in with in my case it was jose trevino for a few weeks until oh garver gets that catcher eligibility and then i see a see a jose send him to the waiver wire but no garver's gonna get jonah himes still the the top catcher on that depth chart but garver's gonna catch a decent amount he's gonna get quite a bit of time at dh i think Mm -hmm. the rangers i mean they have brad miller is their other best alternative at DH right now, I think. So I think Garver could, and I always have a fascination and like for uh, guys who are qualified catcher who don't play catcher predominantly. So if he gets a ton of time at designated hitter, he gets it off of his legs and he, you know, is able to provide that power that he has in the past. I think he could be a sneaky kind of catcher too. Got an interesting question in the chat I wanted to run by you real quick, Ryan. Sure. Trace Thompson, Gio Urshela, or Yurikson Profar head-to-head category league. Which of those three are you going with? I'm going with Profar. That cores, yeah, that cores bump. I think Profar is ultimately a pretty underwhelming player as far as skill set goes, which is a bummer given you know, the prospect pedigree from 10 years ago or whatever it is now. But right. yeah, I think especially if he gets, I saw he was in today's lineup. I did not see if he hit his hitting lead off. I don't know if he, he is caught, sitting at the top of the lineup. He is today. hitting lead off. So, okay. So yeah, we heard that he might, that he might do that. Um, yeah. I think he's, he's a pretty clear number one for me out of those three. Gio Shell is getting some time at shortstop. Um, and he's, as you mentioned, kind of the contingency, 
contingency plan for Anthony Rendon at third base as well. So he could wind up with a decent amount of playing time, but just not a very interesting uh, bat there. Trace Thompson, we already mentioned, um, has some skills, but strikes out a ton, and the playing time is maybe going to be predominantly against lefties. So maybe you want to sit pro far if you can on the road, but I think especially for that course bump, he's, uh, he's number one of those three for me. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I thought that was an interesting one. Really appreciate the question there. Uh, Finally, on our three down, not an impressive debut from Shintaro Fujinami. Basically got destroyed, gave up eight runs. Command was really bad. Did show a highlight pitch with a 95-mile-per-hour splitter, but really unimpressive debut. Are you? Let's say you started him. Are you keeping him in the lineup for his next outing? No, I don't think you can. Uh, he's such a like a fascinating guy to me because like you look at, I mean, you could pitching ninja could make like a complete <laughs> montage of Shintaro yeah. <laughs> Fujinama. Like like his stuff just looks. I mean, like you mentioned, the ninety-five mile an hour splitter, and I mean, he hits like ninety-nine in the radar gun with a fastball too. Like he can be. Yeah. I feel like he could be molded at some point into a guy who could be really, really good, but he's certainly not there now. And he was inconsistent during his time overseas too. So, yep. you know, I mentioned in him in our podcast for as a strikeouts upside guy, I think that's still applicable just mm-hmm. because that stuff is so nasty, but I would be worried about putting him in the, in my fantasy lineup against pretty much any opposition right now. Well, the only reason I disagree is because with the A's, he's just going to get a ton of win chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I think Fujinami has the stuff to someday be a dominant relief pitcher, mm-hmm. but his command's just too bad for him to be a starter. Unless he makes drastic changes, he's not going to throw enough strikes to be a starter. And it, it's yeah. not just strikes, it's quality strikes. And you can show me all the fancy pitch stuff that you want. I almost said a bad word there, by the way, Ryan. You can show me all the fancy stuff that you want. It doesn't matter if you don't really know where the heck it's going. And far too often, he does not. All right. So let's get into FAB. And we're going to be talking about players who are rostered in less than 50% of leagues and fan tracks. But before we do that, Ryan, give me your general FAB philosophy, especially when it comes to the very start of the year. Yeah, it's so it's interesting. You you mentioned before that a lot of us can be guilty of spending too much fab early in the season, but I mm-hmm. that's generally my mo every year. Oh, like, yeah, like I mean, that's the time of the year when it you have the chance it has the chance to make the most difference for you. Like, if you pick up this, especially I think it's not uncommon for me to spend. I'll say 70, 75% of my fab by June 1st. Nice. And a lot of that is going to be on closer speculation. And I know just going in that a good number of those are not going to work out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you get, say, David Robertson, for example, who... I actually, by the way, speaking of TGFBI, I got him for 211 
NTG nice. FBI, the next closest bid was 208. So I felt oh. pretty I felt pretty good about that one. Do you know who the two hundred eight dollar bid was, by the way? No. I don't I don't know how to check that or if you can, yeah. but uh, sometimes it, you can in like Yahoo stuff, but I yeah. I'm not sure if and if no, I'm not. I was just curious if it was an, an industry guy or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's the I mean, Edwin Diaz is done for the season. Um, David Robertson could be a pretty solid closer for a really good team mm -hmm. and could get 30 plus saves. Like if you want to use 20, 30% of your budget, I think that's what you should do. Yeah. Um, like I, you can have a different philosophy. A lot of people like to hoard their fab dollars and wait for, the, the big thing, the prospect promotions, the breakouts, but uh, yeah, I don't, I, I feel you're also not going to have as much competition. I feel like that um, at that point in the season. So you don't always need all that, those fab dollars. So, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of burning my fab early even though i i know going in that i'm gonna make some bad buys and that's fine and that's another thing too by the way don't be afraid if you've spent a lot of fab on this guy before this past week and then it becomes clear that that was not a smart buy mm -hmm. just eat the money it's a sunk yeah. cost yeah drop him and pick up someone else that's fine sure. like don't don't just be stubborn and hang on to him said no i can't drop a guy that i just bought for $78, whatever. Yeah. Like move on. It's fine. Yeah. You can, you have more fab. You can continue to spend until you, until you run out. But I mean, you get my point. Like it's, yeah. it's the most, it's the time of the year when it has the chance to make the most difference. And I think especially in the situation with like Robertson, it can be like a, a game changer. So I, that's, that's my philosophy on fab with the caveat that I don't know that it's the right thing to do, but that's, I think we're all kind of flying a little blind with when it comes to fab. Like, right. <laughs> nobody ever really feel, feels confident about their bids, and they're just kind of closing their eyes and pushing a few numbers on their keyboard and hoping that that's enough to win, but not enough to win by too much. Otherwise, you yes. feel kind of dumb that way. Yeah. So it's you know, so I feel like I'm rambling on here, but that's no. that's my that, thoughts on thoughts on fab there. Uh, so here's my thoughts on fab and I hope that I still get to keep my job. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And if you want me to play in your league, give me waiver wire, baby. And if you play in a league where I can trade fab, I am trading as much of it as possible to get me real baseball players. I have no doubt that fab is the best way to play a league for experts. And look, we're, if you're listening to our podcast, you would probably take fantasy baseball at least somewhat seriously, or you're related to Ryan and I. And thank you guys. We really <laughs> appreciate you guys giving us a listen. So, yeah, I get it. It is the more fair way than just like being up at 12.01 a.m. Eastern time and grabbing the guy who's on the waiver wire. That's that is certainly a not as um, realistic or skilled strategy. But that's how I like to play in baseball leagues. That's how I like to play in football leagues. That's how I like to play in basketball leagues. That's how I'd like real life to work. Well, honestly, like if I could just pick things at 1201 when they become available, that's how I would prefer to do it. But I think you hit the nail on the head. And I'm glad you brought that up because 
I think everybody gets so scared about saving for, you know, the big next prospect. And here's the thing too, Ryan, who is that big next prospect this year? As a prospect guy, I don't see that guy being like held down. Maybe it was Francisco Alvarez. I don't think it's that guy this year. Um, there were a bunch the last couple of years. Um, certainly the, the wander hype for when that came up, I'm sure the fab bidding was just off the radar. I couldn't tell you because I guarantee I either traded all of my fab or used all of my fab or was smart and played in the league that didn't use fab. Um, I, I just hate it. And I'm glad that so many people like it. And I totally understand that I'm alone in my selfishness here. Yeah. I think I, I it's a that's an interesting point about the the prospect thing, like anticipating like who could be. I think the best chance for that is if a guy like Ellie De La Cruz like just that would goes be wild, and because we're not necessarily expecting him to get a ton of playing time. I think in twenty twenty three, but if he just shows that he's ready, mm-hmm. I mean his fantasy ceiling is massive. Right, Jack Jackson Churia would be another guy. If, sure, uh, he's both, really but- young. That seems like 2024 for sure. sure. Um, Andrew Painter, I guess it would be yeah. interesting if he got the call up. But for a pitcher, are you really going to be blowing and like a half pitcher with fab? a partial UCL tear right now? Absolutely. I will say this: the one guy that I would be like, this is interesting, would be Jordan Lawler. I still think he's probably closer to 2024, but just because Arizona has been so aggressive and his skill set is so good that that would be the one guy that I'm kind of like saving for, but this is not like the past. This is not more guys like Julio Rodriguez and Jordan Walker are going to make rosters to start the year because of the new rules. Yeah. And that's great, but it also makes, I think hoarding fab, even as a more silly decision, because if you can go get that closer right now, if you can go get that guy who looks like he's going to be the big time replacement, I think that's a very, very wise decision. So let's look at some guys, Ryan, and we're just going to run through this. And you tell me just how aggressive you're being. Um, let's start with Reynaldo Lopez. Uh, looks like he's going to be getting some chances for saves with the White Sox. How aggressive should you be with Fab to on bidding on Reynaldo Lopez? Pretty aggressive. And I, sh- I should note that I think he's actually on fan tracks. Uh, I know we put this note here. It's... Um, these guys are below 50% roster on a fan tracks. I think Ronaldo Lopez is maybe a little over now, but I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> so I'm fudging a little know. bit here, but so that's going to do it for us. This is great. <laughs> um, there's just really no point in going with the show. Yeah. But no, yeah, I continue on my friend. Yeah. Uh, so I think he, uh, he was the guy I was hoping to target out of the white Sox bullpen for saves mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the season. I actually dropped him in one league where I had a chance to pick up David Robertson because I thought he was the better chance for saves. Mm. Uh, And now that very good news regarding Liam Hendricks, by the way, it looks like he might be back sooner than than anticipated. So we're all rooting for rooting for, for Liam, one of the good guys in the game and also awesome uh, closer. Um, So pretty aggressive. I think of the, the closers, on this list that we're going to talk about. And I, Lopez would be the guy I would be most aggressive for. Um, you know, we are, we all, <laughs> we talked about, you know, uh, being, uh, 
not sure about fab, like how much you should be spending and you don't really know, know sure. It, it varies from league to league too. You just don't really know. So right. when I get these questions and I'm sure you get a bunch of these questions too, Chris, uh, like how much of my budget should I spend on this guy? And I'm, I, I, I answer the question because I'm not rude and, but I, I just want to say, I have no idea. I don't, <laughs> it's like, so it depends hard. from league to league and you don't, there's different rules for different leagues and it, but I'll just say this. It's the, I'll you be, I would be the most aggressive for him out of the relievers we're going to be talking about. Okay. That. So that you were going to segue perfectly into this because the next yeah. four guys on our list are all relievers. So I'm going to have you order these guys, Ryan Lopez, Pierce Johnson, who looks like he's in line for saves. Now, by the way, Daniel Bard, man, that, that rooting for him too. rooting very hard for him. Indeed. Andrew Chafin, and Aroldis Chapman, who, look, have major issues with the human being, Aroldis Chapman, but he, I'm not yeah. going to lie to you, he looked fantastic yesterday. Like, struck out the side, not against the greatest lineup in the entire world, but he kind of reminded me of that old Aroldis Chapman. If you're in fab, like, how are you ranking these closers in terms of, like, your bidding strategy? And if it's even on waiver wire, if you are playing in a waiver wire league and God bless you, who are, how are you ranking these four relievers? Yeah. I mentioned I'm putting uh, Lopez first. I'm, I'm putting Chapman number two, like, okay. as you mentioned, he looked, I don't want to count on it happening for the duration of the season. And we still don't know for sure what his role is going to be, but I, I don't think knowing Chapman, I mean, this is a guy who walked away from the Yankees because he wasn't happy about his role in, in a team yeah. that was had a chance to win the World Series. Sure. I think he signed with the Royals being told, you're our top option at closer. That's my suspicion. Hmm. And he looked really good. I mean, he Jordan Hicks pitched yesterday, and Aroldis Chapman had the hardest fastball of anyone. So that's a pretty darn good sign. Yeah, um, that's, that's a great call. So uh, he would be number two on my list. Um, I, I think I would put Chafin next. Um, again, I'm not sure exactly what the situation is with that bullpen, but you know, Scott McGuff, who I think most people thought he was probably at the top of the pecking order, uh, didn't look great in his first appearance. It's possible he was going to stay in if he pitched well, um, but he didn't, and they turned to Chafin, and he locked down a save pretty easily. Um, I really like Carlos Vargas, by the way, as a deep sleeper in that bullpen. There Huge arm on that guy. Anyway, mm-hmm. Chafin, though, like no splits. They gave him a decent contract. Um, I think he would be next on the list. You know, Pierce Johnson has a pretty decent arm. But he's a Rockies pitcher, and yeah. we're still not totally sure that he has the closer role. And hopefully, Daniel Barr will be back soon, and I, he'll go right back into the closer role too. So I, I think he's a clear number four here. I also see I'll throw in this guy from the chat asked about AJ Puck throwing him into this to this list. Oh. Where would we rank him? Sure. Um, I would put him third. I think behind Lopez and and Chapman. That's where I'd throw Puck in. Puck's yeah. velocity was down a little bit in his, his last last appearance, but he could be the at the top of a 
kind of an ugly bullpen situation. Skip Schumacher has said that he's not going to settle on one closer, at least initially. So not a, it's a group that doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. These, these closer fab options, but I think Lopez and Chapman would be my clear one and two of that group. So let's talk about some starters and they are starters who are going to be replacing, uh, Pretty good arms in Justin Verlander and Robbie Ray and Tyler McGill and Chris Flexen. Let's start with Flexen just because, you know, we he has been cemented. He is listed now as the guy who is going to be starting, but not a guy who has missed exactly a ton of bats, but has had some success. Um, is Flexen somebody you should be aggressive with, or is this more of a guy that you're looking to add as a potential streamer against bad lineups? The latter. Um yeah, the upside is just not very high. He, he's, you know, stretched out now, I guess. So he should be able to have a decent uh, workload while while he's filling in for Robbie Ray. Um, as you mentioned, the Mariners have not been swinging the bats early on in the season, so maybe wins could be hard to come by. But, sure. yeah, he's a, a streamer with um, more of a floor play than a ceiling play, certainly. Um, but it yeah, favorable matchups, I'm fine with throwing him in there. And I will say this, and I've talked to some folks that suggest that this is not totally cuckoo banana pants. If the Mariners do lose Ray for a very long time, it might be Bryce Miller. It just might be Bryce Miller who ends up filling that spot, especially if Flexen or Marco Gonzalez are not up to snuff because they love that arm, and that would be an arm that would be very intriguing to me to add if you're playing in a deeper league because they really like his stuff. They were very impressed with what they did this spring. And that's another reason why I'm not going crazy for Flexen, because, yeah, for the next three or four starts, I think he's got a pretty good grasp on the rotation, but is not a lock to stay there, especially with an arm like Miller waiting. Tyler McGill. (laughs) I think Tyler McGill gets as wide a range of responses in the fantasy community as, like, any arm (laughs) out there. Um, we were pretty low, me and Drew on him at uh, different points last year for a different place. And now I'm not sure I feel all that different. What do you think about Tyler McGill? I felt better about him last year. Uh, the stuff doesn't look like it's um, all the way back uh, from when it was kind of last April. He was awesome. And he, yeah, was, he was like sitting like 98, 90, 99 miles per hour at, for, you know, five, six innings at a time. And then missed a lot of the year due to an injury. The stuff doesn't look like it's all the way back to me and his control has been a little off. Um, I do think there's some, I'm a little, I'm still a little interested in him in a deeper format. He, he'd be a guy that I would like to add to my bench, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I, he's certainly not a, like a set it and forget it type starter right now. No, I, I like the chance for the wins with a pretty darn good Met lineup. And sure. look, there were the flashes of him looking like he could be like mid rotation starter or better. It was like really kind of came out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden that this guy was throwing some pretty sick stuff, but I think there's probably better options out there. NL only league for sure. A guy that I'm considering, but not my favorite option going forward. I'm a big fan of this guy though, Ryan, and we'll, we'll close on these last two names. One that uh, I've been excited to talk about one. I was thought I was going to be excited to talk about a couple of years ago. And now 
Might be something. That's way too long of a tease, Chris. Joey Weimer is up in the major leagues. One of the goofiest swings you'll ever see, but has been very productive in the minors. Looks like he's going to be the starting right fielder for the for foreseeable future with Luis uh, Urias on the injured list, as we mentioned, and uh, Brian Anderson moving over to third base. Are you aggressive on Joey Weimer for fab bids? Uh, moderately aggressive, I would say. Um the upside with him is pretty clear. I mean, he's got power, he's got speed. That's what you are looking for in fantasy, especially if you're playing in a, in a categories league. Um, there's also a lot of swing and miss there. Yes. Um, I don't know if he's totally ready. I'm a little confused as to how um, he seems to have passed up Sal Freelich in the pecking order. Um, I guess maybe they prefer the right-handed bat, but <clears throat> I think he could easily, if he gets off to a, a slow start and Urias is still hurt, I think they could turn to to Freelick there. And I do like him. He's more of a floor guy, I think, but I, he's got a he's got a nice fantasy skill set as well. Um, so you know, moderately aggressive, taking a shot on the upside, but as as to whether Weimer's ready or not, I th- that remains to be seen. Yeah, so I think one of the reasons why that they're going with Weimer over Frelick is because it's much easier to justify Frelick Frelick getting everyday playing time in AAA, whereas, yeah, they like Weimer a lot. But if they are rushing his development a little bit, it's much much worse to rush Frelick's development than it is to to rush Weimer's. I think that is... of playing at least somewhat of it because I think they want him to be an everyday center fielder as much as they like Garrett Mitchell as well. And he's been an intriguing little option, a guy who I think has been severely underrated. The power speed uh, potential for Weimer is really interesting. And it was nice to see him get an extra base hit in his first game. Don't love that. He's hitting in the bottom of a lineup. We just said some not very nice things about, so I don't think he's going to have a ton of RBI chances. And unfortunately hitting at the bottom, I just wish I could believe in Christian Yelich's power again, but I just can't. It's there's too much of a, a, yeah, it's just not going to be a thing anymore. I hate that. Uh, let's close with Jihuan Bay, who got off to a pretty darn nice start. Ryan stole a couple of bases, hitting 286, 374, 29 in a very large sample size of eight plate appearances. <laughs> but I do think he's going to get a chance to play here. Is he somebody who's worth consideration for Fab bids? Yeah, I think so. Like uh, the the stolen base potential is is legitimate. Um, I mean, he's a guy who I was at least going into the spring, and you heard some some chatter kind of halfway through the spring. I feel like like I thought Rodolfo Castro was going to be the opening day second baseman for the Pirates at one point, but you know, Bay has pretty much passed him up. He also got a start in center field, I believe. Uh, already so i don't know about the power but i think he's a legitimate stolen base threat and it's pretty clear that the pirates are interested to see what he can do with uh with everyday at bats um i think he's gonna have a decent amount of leash and with that leash i think he could definitely steal a a good number of bases so you know the upside certainly not what weimer can offer particularly from a power perspective, I would probably go a little more aggressive on Weimer, but if you're stolen bases is what you need, which I don't know if anybody needs stolen bases right now because everybody's stealing bases. (laughs) That's a good point. 
but uh, Bay does offer some uh, potential in that regard, definitely. Yeah. So this is an interesting scenario too, because this was a guy who was a top 100 prospect after hitting 323 in, I believe it was Greensboro was their low A affiliation at this time. So much has changed, Ryan, (laughs) since 2019. But didn't have a great 2021 season. Was okay in 2022. Had a 792 OPS with Indianapolis. But the talent is here. I see a plus hit tool. I see plus plus run. And I like the fact that he's going to be probably eligible at quite a few positions by the time we're done with this season. You know, I'm not going crazy for him. If you get 10 homers out of him, you should be absolutely thrilled. Um, but he could be a 30 to 40 stolen base guy and a guy who hits for a solid average. And uh, we like that. We very much like that. And we very much like that you came out to our show today. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for tuning in very much. You can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore MILB, and you can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned for more episodes, folks. We've got a new episode every single day, and we're going to be doing it all season. It's great stuff. And make sure you've hit the like button and subscribe so you know what that new stuff does come up. So have a great week, and uh, thanks again, folks. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.